Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are Jay talking. I'm Bradley Jay. And our guest tonight is Andrew Kent. And he's put together a book, David Bowie, Behind the Iron Curtain. We'll talk about the book. And we'll also, of course, talk about the... Uh, Andrew's experience that led to the book, his experience is remarkable. And uh, Andrew has taken many uh, a photo, great photo of your favorite rock icons. And there's a website you can actually check out while, we're, while you're listening. It's called Rock Paper Photo. I hope I have, I hope I have the right one. I, I went to it today and it was fantastic. Do I, is that okay? I gave it out, Andrew Kent? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, uh, I have to say, you know, thank you for sending the book. This this book is spectacular. It's oversized coffee table book, beautiful in every way, and these photos are among the my favorite. The red square photos. We'll get to why there are red square photos in a minute, but there are photos with Iggy Pop, and there are photos in red square, and there are, uh, some Soul Train. There's a couple of Soul Train photos. Just it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's when I. That was my first job for him. Was the Soul Train show? Oh boy! Now, my that first question great. is: You came to know David Bowie through Cameron Crowe. How did yeah. you come to be in a position to know Cameron Crowe? Well, uh, early from when he was about fourteen, he started coming up from uh, San Diego, where he lived, and uh, we had met him through rock and roll, and he was. Um, doing uh, jobs and interviews for Rolling Stone. And my partner, uh, Neil Preston at the time, we were partners for about eight years. Um, we became his surrogate house to to uh, stay in uh, L.A. so we could do the interviews and stuff. And we became friends. Neil uh, and Cameron um, uh, lived together, you know, uh, rented a house together for many years. And um, so you just kind of so Cameron's been part of the family always. You just kind of met at gigs like rock shows and stuff. Uh, just at the early point, just when he started. Um, um, How did Cameron yeah, Crowe uh, get a gig so young, doing stories for Rolling 14. Stone? He was writing for the Door in uh, San Diego, and I worked for the Free Press, so that sort of hooked us up. Uh, uh, initially, too, and we had um, one other good friend of that group was Jim Marshall. I don't know if you know no. who he is. Uh, one of the great photographers, my my favorite and mentor. Um, uh, all the great San Francisco stuff okay. was his, Woodstock. Now, Cameron, <clears throat> Bowie seemed to take Cameron under his wing because he was shadowing Bowie on the station-to-station tour or the station-to-station -station, uh, rehearsals or something? Yeah. Uh, not the rehearsals, just the first tour uh, coming down the California coast okay. from Oregon. I think uh, we rehearsed in um, Vancouver uh, for a week and then uh, went out on the road uh, for the 76 tour, the uh, Station to Station tour. Which was, and by the way, the first, that's the first major rock show I ever saw was the Station to Station ah. tour at the Boston Garden. 
which a good one. Of oh, course, yeah, that, I was there. I, I probably have seen you then. <laughs> it rocked my world. I'll tell you that. Had Bowie communicated yeah. that he was looking for a photographer to Cameron, and Cameron reached out to you? No, um, we he got us as a package. Uh, Cameron was writing a a story for Rolling Stone, and I was being hired. I had to get along, meet David, and get along with him, and you know all those things, which worked out just fine. Uh, Barbara Dewitt, uh, whose friend since passed away, was his publicist and publicist for Frank Zappa, Flo and Eddie, kind of crazy people, and um, she hired me and brought me into the Bowie tour, and was you know I was on probation for the first week, sort of, and David and I hit it off. Um, we did l- real late night, three, four o'clock in the morning, photo approvals sessions. He wanted, in the, initially, he wanted to see all the stuff I was doing and approve what he wanted and stuff like that. And after two of those, he trusted me uh, to, to do whatever selection I wanted, whatever I thought was fine. He trusted my judgment. So, so you and had then to... uh, uh, just they they grabbed me for the for about seven months, six or seven months. What were your expectations as you were going in to uh, to meet him for the first time? And it was kind of a, just to see if you'd get along. What well, were your I expectations, him, uh, and what was the meeting like? I met him lightly. Um, I was sort of with Cameron, and we went to um, uh, David wanted to talk to him, and it was like three o'clock. Cameron didn't have a car either; he didn't have a driver's license, so we we shuttled him around to all these things. Um, David was uh, recording at um, Cherokee Studios, and um, we went at about two, and we stayed till about four thirty-five, and we went back to David's house in uh, Bel Air on Stone Canyon, and uh, talked for the you know for the next couple hours. That's how I met him. All right, can we talk about some of the... Incredible, incredible. Talk about some of the photos that have the better stories with them. I mean, I can go through it, but you know the the photos that have the cooler backstories. I suppose we could talk about the Red Square photos. I understand that there were a travel snag that required you all to the party to stay within Russia longer than you expected. Well, you'd never hear of this happening, but the train schedule was wrong. We left on a certain day, and it takes a certain amount of days to get to Helsinki. Well, we kept moving. We were doing everything fine, and the schedule said we would be coming in in three days versus four days. So Barbara had all the press from Scandinavia, (laughs) a whole full lobby in a hotel full of people, big press conference. Um, He arrives, and... um, uh, we're a day late, and uh, the whole press corps is there. Bowie missing in Russia, uh, you know, stories like that. And um, so you had how many days? We were fine. How many days did you have in Russia? Four. Four days. That's so. That was the total. And so you thing. had time yeah, to we kill, went. right? You you didn't do a show there. You were being just being tourists, correct? Yeah, he he was just with a, uh, the small inner circle, and uh, just the traveling circle, and uh, he had been uh, on the Trans Siberian Express, really liked it. So 
he uh, thought, well, we're in Helsinki, not Helsinki. Um, oh, where was it? Um, it's okay. Uh, yeah. You don't have to um, know the exact. We were we were in Zurich. Okay. And uh, we had a, a ten day layover, eight day layover, and he thought, well, let's just let's go through Russia, and uh, I. I was the one that did the paperwork. I, I, I traveled from Zurich to Basel a couple times with passports and got the uh, visas and stuff like that. And, uh, and then we went. And then in Brest, uh, which is the board, Russian border with Poland, we were taken off the train by an albino KGB man. It sounds just stunning, but, it, you know, into a big hall. And uh, they did have someone that spoke English, and they, uh, uh, they the, the first thing they said was, uh, I, I did all the paperwork, and they knew, or somebody knew somewhere in Russia that we were coming through on transit visas. But they said, we weren't expecting you. And I don't think I've ever felt my blood get any colder than that. We were nowhere. Did, we were, uh, you know, did David want to travel in Russia as a famous guy or on the down low? Down low, absolutely. Okay. I don't think it, virtually no one knew him, I don't think. No. Excellent. All right, let's take a break and continue. This is great. I hope you have the time because I certainly have the time for this. Andrew Kent, yeah, sure. a spectacular photographer with an unbelievable book called David Bowie, Behind the Curtain. It is the Christmas gift for your, your Bowie fan friend. I have posted a picture of the cover on my Facebook page as well as a link to Rock Paper Photo, which is uh, Andrew's site, which has really great photos of lots of famous people that you, you will love. We're talking yeah, there's a lot of David Bowie there, 25 or 30 uh, uh, images, yes. And you can actually, if, you know, if you can buy the, some of these images. It's a, yes. They're on sale. <laughs> now, uh, I like that when it happens. Initially, when you met with Bowie, and he used to go through these sessions late at night to approve photos, mm -hmm. Did you get a sense of a theme, something he was trying to portray, and, and after a while you got it? And if that, there was such a thing, what was he trying to portray? Whew. Um, well, he had a stage act. It was a sort of a cross-early European black-and-white tuxedo, you know, uh, trim and slim, I guess. White shirt, uh, black vest, and black it, pants. Yeah, yeah. And, and okay, go ahead. I I I I shot probably forty, thirty-five, or forty shows, and almost everyone was different. I have shots that only came once, and they're they're some of my favorite shots. But they it only appeared for you know one minute out of several months, and that's what I found. You know, you had to had to be on all the time. Some of these shots look like you're on the stage. Is that was that the case? Oh yeah, I was. I was. I go anywhere, do anything I want. So yeah. you could go right up to of, right up to within two or three feet of him on the stage and take the picture if that was necessary. Uh, yeah, but you you really have to uh, think of the audience. Yeah. You don't want to, um, you know. Right. Yeah, but I, I I shot a long time for a lot of groups. Uh, I did Kiss and. Black Sabbath tours and Iggy Pop and a lot of those. So you get you get used to working on stage. You know, there's some you got to be careful. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. 
So you worked with a lot of folks. What was different about Bowie? Did he work harder than the others? Uh, Was he, I don't know, more introspective? Only you would know. He was certainly more personable than than most uh, rock and rollers that I that I worked with. But I got to know him a lot better. But even from the beginning, uh, yeah, he he was a, a real interesting man. He brought you into his what his thinking was at the moment uh, when we were in um, Seattle at the Edgewater, that famous place where uh, uh, the Rolling Stones. No, Led Zeppelin fished out of the windows and put these giant salmon under the bed at that at that hotel. Yeah, there's a picture of the Edgewater. Right? There's a picture of Cameron at the Edgewater in the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, um, so that night, the 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 uh, kids uh, it, that knew that he was there were all over the hotel running. They they had no control. And he hung out in my uh, room with Cameron, me, and a couple other people. And we did uh, video projections. David, he would think of something. Uh, no, he would have me sit, or, and other people think of things. And then he would uh, scratch it out on a pad of paper. And he was very close many times. It was amazing. How old are you at this time? Oh, 20 or so, uh, 18, 19. I mean, weren't you initially 20. freaked out? I'm with I'm I'm living working with David Bowie on the road. You must have been freaked out initially and how long did it take you to unfreak? No, I, I well, he's he's the best person I ever worked for. I did the best work, got had the most time working with and altogether a 100% uh best of of, uh, I've ever had the the one night when I met him with Cameron the first night when we talked uh, all the rest of the night uh, at his house that I, I was amazing you know I've worked with all these people and I'm sitting here just the three of us with uh, David Bowie and uh, I found that tremendously exciting and uh, but you know some of these photos out of work <laughs> in some of these photos he has um Man who fell to earth hair, kind of, a little bit. And this is the time when he, right around man who fell to earth time, what was the status of that when you were with him? Did that come out? Was he... I, I watched that, though the movie was finished while we were on tour in Europe, and we were in Stockholm, and he had the movie sent to him. I hadn't seen it. I had the, He had the movie sent to him, and we rented a theater. They rented a theater. And uh, I sat next to him and watched it. Man, they saw it for the first time. What was his reaction? So that, was, that was sort of fun. What was his reaction? Uh, n- nothing really uh, overtly excessive. <laughs> what was your uh, daily just, life you know, life on the road like? You know, you'd get up and you'd do what? Uh, you'd have breakfast, but take uh, take it have from breakfast, there. Breakfast uh, pack because uh, we were moving. Uh, pack uh, all my cameras and uh, luggage. Put him outside the door. We, we stayed at great hotels. One of the really nice things about traveling with big, good groups, you stay in great hotels. And uh, I, I like that. How did you I, travel? Would. By a bus? Uh, no, plane, mostly. Plane and limousine. Now, there, um, there was the myth that Bowie didn't like to fly. He made that up because it was convenient for him if he didn't want to go somewhere. No, he really, I, I think he really didn't because I was with him. Two times. One, when we were 
uh, we'd done the American tour, and we were going to, I went back to L.A. for a week to get organized, and he took a boat, uh, um, an Italian liner, to Europe. Uh, there was just enough time, and we met in London and then started the tour in, in Europe. Um, but he he had to get home. We were in London uh, on another time, and he had to get uh, to LA, uh, into L.A., and he took a, took a 747, big first-class plane. Ooh, mm-hmm. that was good. <laughs> Um, so, you, that, so I was with him once when he flew. He he didn't fly usually uh, when we we were going around to stops. He had this big six hundred D Mercedes, one of those big black ones. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, Tony, his driver, would they would uh, drive to the next city. Is Tony the guy in the photos with the hat? The the. The chauffeur uh, hat, or is that no, you? No, he's the one with the little cigarillo and okay. looks like an Italian killer, okay. <laughs> which he was. All right. No. And did you have any duties besides photographing? I mean, there are not many people on the tour. Did you have to, were you an organizer, a wrangler, or have to do anything else? No. I was, if, if anybody needed help, I would do it, but I didn't have any other uh, things just to take care of my, the photography. Who joined in with you folks? Iggy Pop? Obviously joined you because he's in the. He was book. there on the whole tour. Yeah, I didn't know that. He's... I I knew him from the earliest days from the Stooges. We became friends in L.A., and uh, we we shared a mutual friend, a young guy, unfortunately, that worked for the Doors. Uh, Danny Sugarman was his name, and he died young. Um, but he was uh, Jimmy's uh, best friend, and that's how I met him early on. And then um, I shot him um, in a couple of shows, and then I did uh, two tours for him. And on the 76 Bowie tour, he was on the whole tour. Um, he just how, traveled with us. How about Angela? Did she, did she figure largely no, in his I, life at that time? I met her earlier. Where did I meet her? I met her in L.A. at the Forum. They had a big, he had his concert. Then they had a big, you know, record company, uh, big uh, party afterwards. And uh, Angela's there. And I met her a couple other times, but then she was gone. I didn't, didn't see her anymore. For, for, I suppose I should say that Angela was, was David Bowie's wife. First yes. wife, I guess. First wife. And, yeah. Zoe uh, was their child. And now he uses a, a, a proper name now, <laughs> I think. Just in, uh, in 45 seconds before the break, who else did you kind of run into around the tour? Obviously, the famous people are coming out to hang around with David Bowie. Who did you meet or befriend that is interesting? David Hockney. That was, I think, probably one of, you know, David Hockney? Phil, remind me. He's a famous California artist. Uh, a, a real, real popular uh, California, the pool, people diving into a pool in his own style, very valuable. Uh, one of the the newer, greater artists of our time, I think. All right, I we have to say. break now. I hope you have a little more time. I have a few more questions, if that's okay. Sure. It's WBZ. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Continue with Andrew Kent. Really fortunate to have Andrew Kent here. Put together a beautiful gift quality uh, David Bowie behind the curtain that concentrates on the 1976 period at when he was behind the Iron Curtain. A huge, really big, oversized, beautiful photos. A couple of them are span both pages. And also, we did. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say we did fantastic scans. We did really large, gigabyte size uh, scans. That's why the pictures came out so. You know, after tired negatives, I'd been printing those for 25 years, 30 years, and uh, we did uh, a scanning, real, real high-grade um, uh, professional scans, and that that helped the book a lot. You say that uh, the Soul Train gig was your first gig with him. That yes. I just watched. Strangely, I just watched that the other day. What was that like for you? Uh, it was great. I, I had photographed on uh, Soul Train a couple times before. Um, you know, I was just working for magazines whenever I could get access to stuff, and we uh, we shot a lot of stuff like that. It was great. Uh, I, I uh, he did stuff I'd, I'd never seen him do, uh, clothes wise, and um, yeah, and everybody really uh, took to him. Back to, were, uh, back to the tour itself that is the subject of the book. There was a small party. Now, Coco Schwab was his personal assistant, correct? Yes. And she, she, was, has, she was with him for a lo- the longest time. Like maybe she 20, was the gatekeeper. 20, and I understand that she actually <laughs> was, it was deeply in love. The rumor is that she loved, loved, loved him, like romantic love. Is that, is that true? As far as you, well, it never it never showed through. Okay, she didn't it's like tend to be territorial anymore, no, than... or clingy, or hang on, yeah, or right. any of that. No, none of those things who, at all. Who else she was, was tough? She was if David, you know, she didn't want David to do any something. She would exclude the person that wanted to do it. You know, she would. She, she was she was tough, but I was. I was lucky. Who did you I enjoy? Was on, I was on the inside. I wouldn't want to be on the outside. Right. As far as the the band, did you did you get mm-hmm. to close with anybody in the band? Yeah, uh, two of the uh, uh, players, uh, drummer and guitar, were Soupy Sales. You know who Soupy Sales? Oh yeah, was? his kid. The, the two kids that yeah. were in Tin Machine. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. Uh, uh, they so, were with him so on I that grew tour. Up wow. With Soupy Sales. I went to a. Uh, uh, a basketball game with Soupy Sales. So in our my childhood, he was a real hero. And then, you know, 30 years later to, to be with his uh, children. That was great. They were good guys. I still, you know, we send an email up once a year or something. Can you give me an idea and of this? Carlos and Carlos oh, is good. the person I got along with the, the closest. We became good friends. Um, and we were the resident pot smokers. So, so that's, we, uh, that was we your bonded together. bonded over that too. Yeah, was it difficult back then in you know Europe 
being a pot smoker, did you have to watch your back all the time? Well, was it not, tough to get not it? with Carlos. I've I've done. I did a, a trip with uh, David Clayton Thomas to Rio de Janeiro, and the same thing happened. The the old tour guys, the the black musicians that have been traveling all their life, have things organized when they travel. So in Europe. Uh, in America, we just brought whatever, you know, if we had a little. But he would have friends come back to the backstage and bring joints. And then in Europe, we had the same thing. We didn't have anything uh, to smoke. Uh, I, actually, I did uh, smoke a very small piece of hash behind the Iron Curtain in East Germany. I had uh, br- brought it uh, with me, and they locked uh, us into each individual, our own compartment, our own room, and locked us in in East Germany. And I, I smoked a, a small bit of hash. My claim to fame. A lot of the, <laughs> uh, some of the great photos are. I'm going back to Russia now, and hmm. and I'm curious to hear more about that experience at that time because this is 1976. This is this is. Before things got well, they, yeah, they weren't expecting Americans. There were there were we walked around Red Square and uh, Gums Department Store, and then had dinner at the Metropol Hotel, which is one of the international hotels. And uh, some gr- some of my best pictures came from the, the dining room in there, with him looking into the camera, smoking the cigar and stuff. That series of uh, in Russia. And how about East Germany? Can, we haven't talked about that much. What was that like for you and for Mr. Bowie? Well, we uh, we were driving around, and that car draws a crowd. So there's there's sort of people appear, and we met someone uh, that uh, wanted to take that uh, would take us. It was an embassy from I don't know what embassy though. Anyway, he uh, said, "Sure, we can we can drive around East Berlin." And uh, I'll show it to you. And uh, he did. And we went through Checkpoint Charlie, which was uh, a, a fond memory. Yeah, that was back and, when, when they meant business in Checkpoint Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting Absolutely. to get a little bit of dis- a breakup in your phone. If there's anything you can do to, I don't know, to make it better. Uh, how's that? Better. I'm, Good. I'm not moving with it. Hmm. Okay, good. Uh, so we uh, we traveled around East Berlin and saw the where the bunker would have been, you know, and you know those kind of tourist highlights. Um, now, did you remain yeah. friends or in touch throughout the rest of Bowie's life? No, uh, not really. I, I no. Um, I I was close to his business. For them, because they they occasionally would I, they had a whole set of all the photography, but I had all the originals and the original negatives and stuff. And sometimes they would need stuff, but they they um, I was good friends with them. You know, I work with them, but uh, David, no. Okay, you probably felt, followed his career though, and with interest each album that came out. And oh, sure. Did perhaps you can help me with. What do you make of the last album, Black Star? What was, what was, is was he trying to say? Any idea? I don't know. I'm I'm not a, a reader of of music. I know what I like, right? But um, and I like and I can tell his voice in a commercial. 
you know, three bars, and I know it's him. I, I, everything I hear of him that's that I never heard before, I can recognize. Now, let's talk about your website a little bit, Rock, uh-huh. pa- rock Paper Photo. You have lots of photos there that are available for sale, but are there any stu- – there's Jerry Garcia, there's uh, Freddie Mercury. Can you, can you talk yeah. about another real good experience you had with another band or artist, maybe one well, of those Freddie photos? Freddie Mercury, I got – I was uh, – at the time I shot <clears throat> those shots of him at the Beverly Hilton Hotel – um, I was the only photographer allowed on the tour, and that's that's great stuff. Uh, so they didn't shoot much, and uh, I shot several shows in Los Angeles. And in the time that I've shot, I lost two two sets of negatives. One, my Kiss by by uh, a felonious uh, man, and uh, my. Uh, um, Freddie Mercury uh, performance shots. I had the whole stage to myself, and the pictures vanished somehow. Uh, God. There are know. pictures of uh, George Harrison, Gene, mm-hmm. Gene Simmons, he, Little uh, Richard. We were, uh, I worked for A and M Records as staff photographer, and he was he signed to the label for a while, and so I got a chance to shoot him. Yeah, and Ringo, I shot Ringo also. So, are you? What about current projects? Are you just enjoying the fruits of your labors now and, you know, kicking oh, back? Oh yeah, I I, I live in a resort uh, <laughs> in Sun Valley, Idaho, um, and I uh, just, you know, I've, I've been a commercial photographer. I have a studio. I'm retired now. I, I shoot for friends and stuff, but I used to shoot uh, primarily magazine, commercial, and um, um, works of art. In Sun Valley, there's a big art community, and a lot of very rich people have very fine art, and so there was there was a uh, plenty to do, and I, I love being around art, and my friends are artists, and uh, so I built a business uh, shooting uh, uh, artwork, and which was fun. So I love the book. I mean, do you do you love this book? And of course, yeah. I, I mean, you love I, love it. I, I didn't go into it as much because my, what it was is my friends have been hawking on me for years to do a book. <laughs> I, I don't I don't move towards publicity particularly, but um, the, the, I thought I thought there was good enough stuff. And uh, uh, someone through Rock Paper Photo, one of the uh, Heads uh, had a friend, a publisher in uh, Chicago, um, and uh, we hit it off. And he wanted to do the a book, and uh, we collaborated. and uh, And I'm real happy with it. I'm real proud of it. I really appreciate all your time. I know uh, you know it's it's kind of late, and I re- I appreciate you sending yeah. the book too because there's no way I could have understand understood it really without. The actual book here. Part I'm of glad the, you liked it. Yeah, part, part I'm, of the, I'm real uh, happy and proud the, of it. Part of the charm is the the size, as you mentioned, of the images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Andrew Kent. This yeah, book thank is available. You, Bradley. Appreciate it. Yep. This book's available on Amazon now and RockPaperPhoto.com. You should see the photo of uh, Freddie Mercury. It'll blow you away. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. You know how I like to travel, right? And that's exactly where I like to travel.
East East Berlin and and Russia and that kind of stuff. So that part of the story is great for me. David Bowie, the fact that he's involved makes it further great. And the book is spectacular. I mean, I get so many books. A lot of them just go in the garbage. Another go in a pile of here's some free books. But this one will remain on my desk for everyone to see. And uh, woe be to the person who steals it. I'm, I'm, I, I hesitate to keep leaving it on my desk. Not that, I mean, everyone's honest here, but you know how, you know how it is. This is a real valuable thing to me. And as I mentioned to the author, uh, Bowie was my first major concert. I mean, that obviously has something to do with the impact he had on me. The fact, you know, your first major concert, let's face it, it's pretty shocking. I was from New Hampshire, mind you. I never saw any big concert as a kid. And even at college, you know, I'd see Little Feet in the auditorium or something, never the Boston Garden. So it rocked my world, man. And to have these photos, these huge photos of that favorite period of time displayed so nicely in this book, I'm, I feel very fortunate. It's available on on Amazon. And I'm not doing this to help Andrew Kent. I'm doing this to help you. If you're a Bowie person, you will, you will be impressed. Photo of, uh, lots of photos, well, a few photos of David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Uh, Bowie in the Red Square in front of St. Basil's Cathedral. Red, uh, other photos of Red Square. Lennon's tomb, I believe. The uh, Bowie leaning out the window of a... Is that Mick Jagger? No. Bowie leaning out the window of a train with his wife, on and on and on. It's, I have a couple of minutes. I might as well just finish out uh, my sort of interaction with Bowie. told you about the first time I met him. I mean, first time I saw him. And it had a big impact, as I told you. Went back to to college, and all you know, all, all of a sudden, I'm playing Suffragette City on air guitar with a tennis racket. I, you know, I was, I couldn't be stopped. Became a huge fan. He he came around not too long after that, and I used to hitchhike a lot. But I stopped hitchhiking as the show approached because I didn't want to die before the Bowie show. Before seeing the Bowie show. And uh, my friend Randy was also a fanatic. And we would stay in at night and we would just and drink beer and eat salads with ranch dressing and quiz each other on David Bowie. You know how it is. You have somebody that you like that much, I'm sure. And if you don't, it's, it's sad. It's, it's fun to be a fan sometimes. And for the next the tour that came around, the Heroes Tour, uh, my friend had tickets, but he won better tickets on WBCN, which was cool. And we went, and again, we're blown away. Then, of course, I get a job in at WBCN, which is a pretty big station. It was a big station in Boston. And right away, uh, 1983, I'd been there about a year, and Bowie came to Foxborough on his Let's Dance tour, and we did a, 
a thing called an A to Z, which people don't do anymore. But we went all the way. We played stuff that no one would ever play then and wouldn't play now. We wanted to be thorough because the boss Oedipus was also a giant Bowie fan. So we, back in 1983, you know how long it took to play all the Bowie songs? And this is back in 1983. 22 hours. That's right, 22 hours. And it was my job to make sure we played everything, which was a very stressful job. Then we went to the show. That's the first time I met him. I went with my boss. Remember it very well. His name is Oedipus. And he, uh, we, I remember we were doing a live broadcast. We were sitting in the stands. It was empty. We got there really early. It's kind of a rainy day. And we looked down and said, oh, my God, that's David Bowie's limousine. And we, so we went down there. We went in the limousine. It was open. And being huge fans, right, we wanted some sort of memorabilia. Well, there's nothing in the limousine. So we, we looked in the ashtrays, and there were cigarette butts. Marlboro cigarette butts. Three Bowie cigarette butts and one Bianca Jagger cigarette butt. You, the reason you knew it because it had lipstick. Because he was with her that day. Must be nice, right? Then uh, everybody, of course, wanted to meet Bowie really badly. And no one knew if anybody would get to. It was raining. And backstage, it's such a cool scene backstage. All the record company dudes and all the radio station dudes. And all the people putting the show together. Where is he? Is anyone going to get to go? And then at some point, a record guy... And I can't remember which record guy, and I'm so sorry if you're listening, Mr. Record Guy, because we owe you. We owed you. He said to Oedipus, because Oedipus was a heavy hitter, now, now, come with us now. So I, I went with Oedipus, and we went in to Bowie's trailer, and it was raining, and it was, it was brightly lit. His makeup table was there, and there were, oh, was it? I'm starting to remember the record guy. The record guy was there. Coco Schwab, his assistant, who was referenced in this uh, interview, was there. And maybe five other people. And there's a photo of it. And he's like down on one knee in front of everybody, looking cool. And uh, we talked to him about our A to Z. And we played everything. And uh, we, we, we said, we even played... We even played Liza Jane, and he was pretty impressed. He said, oh, my God, you played that, you got it all. And then he was going to go out on stage, and it was raining. And I, and I said, he said, I got to go. I got to go, you know, do the gig. I said, it's raining. Here, take my umbrella. And so he did. Actually, it was Oedipus's umbrella. I was holding it. I gave him Oedipus's umbrella, which quickly became the WBCN umbrella. So he talked about that. And it's kind of legendary now. It's weird. It's childish. But we, we took one of the cigarette butts back to the station. And this is how big a fan, how big fans we were. We smoked, Oedipus and I, and maybe Albert O, smoked one of the cigarette butts on the air so that we could get some of David Bowie's molecules in our body. Because you got to figure, he smoked it. We're smoking it. There's got to be some sort of molecular exchange. So that was the first time of meeting him. And then as, as time went on, he worked with Reeves Cabrels, who's a local guy. 
And so that really opened things up. Down in New York, I went to see him. And uh, there was Reeves. Reeves, I, I, for a while I was seeing him so much that Reeves would say, hey, you remember you know, Bradley J. Bobby B. You're like, yeah, hey, what's going on? Got to go up on the stage and see the whole setup and met the bass player, Gail Dorsey. I don't really have time to, to go into all the other times of meeting him, but one stage back, one time backstage at, two times backstage at uh, Great Woods. I was very sad to see him die. But you know, the, the bright side of that is, at least in now that he's gone, we get to see how, you know, how important, what a big deal the guy was, both as an artist and as a, as a dude. He treated people right all the way along. And Andrew Kent was here to tell us about it, that exact fact on the, on the program here. He was a great guest. And this book is a great book. Bowie, David Bowie, Behind the Curtain. It's a great gift for the Bowie fan in your life. There you go. It's WBZ. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.